Welcome back to your tech report. Welcome back to your tech report. Please follow along with us on all our social media, Mitchell. That would be at uh, your tech report on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. I'm all giddy. I forget these things. Instagram. <laughs> you know where to find us. It's at your. You tech say report. them every week. You think know, you remembered by this point? But uh, you know, I know why you're a little giddy. I'm a little giddy as well. Uh, you know, we have said on many occasion. You know, we're very lucky to be able to do what we do. We love what we do. We love talking about tech, gaming in particular. And we have guests on the show. We've said, oh, so-and-so is a friend of the show. We're happy to have a friend of the show back. But there's there's one friend of the show and one interview in particular that we seem to get the most feedback, the most positive feedback on. And that's our interview that we did a couple of years back with Larry Herb, Major Nelson. And guess what, Mark? I guess, what? I guess we're going to have to say this is another one of our favorite episodes because he is back. We have brought him back, the man, the face, the voice of the Xbox brand, Major Nelson himself, Larry Herb. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you for having me. i got to tell you, I, I almost don't want to do the show now because I don't know if I can even live up to what happened last time. I, I barely remember that, but I'll try my best. <laughs> well, you have big it, shoes it, it, to fill. Big shoes to exactly. fill. Exactly. But you know what? <laughs> filling your own shoes, as far as filling shoes, that's a pretty cool task. Come on. Filling uh, your own shoes is pretty good. That's true. Well, I would like to set the, bi- uh, the, the bar high, but I want to thank you guys. Big fan of the show and really appreciate everything that you do. So being able to sit here and chat with you for a little bit about gaming, especially, I'm, I'm very excited about it. You know, you guys talked about you're lucky to get to do what you do. Every day I wake up and say I'm the, one of the luckiest guys in the world because I get to talk about video games and work in this lovely industry. Doesn't it change, though? I always tell people, and again, we're going big picture, not just gaming, but I always tell people, it's become kind of a cliche, but it's so true, Larry, when you love what you do. And yeah. not, you know, you never work a day in your life, not, not that cliche, a different one. Uh, it really changes the way you approach your job. You can tell when you, when you catch people in your line of work and yeah. you catch people that truly love what they do and are invested in it, it changes the way they do their job. And you can sense it. You can kind of smell it on other people, can't you? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it changes every, everything. It changes your entire life. It's like it's the difference between in a, being in a dimly lit room and a brightly lit room with sunlight and fresh air. It's just completely different. You know, uh, we you know we, we talk about loving this, and it used to be that our love for games was such a seasonal thing. Mark and I would get all jazzed, and you know we talk about E3, and we're going to talk to you, of course, a lot about E3, which is still fresh in our minds, and so much to talk about Microsoft in terms of E3. But yeah. you know, with Gamescom coming up, you know, in Cologne, uh, in about another month and change, it used to be very seasonal. But you know, judging by how how busy you are, what used to, it's kind of like television, Larry. Back in the day when I was doing TV shows, you had a pilot season and yeah. you had a TV. Season that was a certain portion of the year. Now, that's all changed. Television is throughout the year, and I think gaming has kind of become like that, hasn't it? Oh, absolutely. It used to be when we talk about E3, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But it used to be after E3, we'd all take off for a week and relax and kind of get ready. And then what really started the the next gaming season was the release of the Mad- annual Madden game in late August, and then it would be right. boom, 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 right up until like probably mid to late December, and then we'd have another break until about March. But no, absolutely now it is continuous. Go, 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 go. Yeah, and and you know, being a family man, it's it it's just, as much as I love what I do. Sometimes the traveling gets kind of hard, especially you know you're making this big trip, and it isn't just you being on the floor. Now, when you talk about you know inside Xbox, which of course, and for people that don't know this, is being brought back, of course, for Gamescom in Germany, and people are going to be thrilled about that. It's no longer just you standing there talking about games or you in a studio. It's become a full blown multi person, multi host, multi camera extravaganza. Are you? Excited about that coming back for Gamescom? Oh, I always am. I mean, we we did we did uh, Inside Xbox. Uh, we kicked it off. We we brought it back about a year and a half 
ago, and we've done it uh, every, pretty much every other month or so. And it's, it's, I love doing that show. Of course, I do a weekly show this week on Xbox. It's kind of the newsy thing uh, that you can find out on the console. But, yeah, I mean, uh, Inside Xbox is really it's the, the production team that puts it together is right on, and they're looking at getting some great news. So I, I love everything, every part about this industry. No, and we, you know, that's it's a great way for gamers to connect with you, but also, and again, look at this clever segue, connecting to the industry and more specifically, everything that's going on with Microsoft. Let's talk a little bit, and I, I said to you before we started the show, actually, uh, before we started recording, of course, that I this is the first this is the first show, the first E3 that I've missed in a, maybe over a decade. So, wow. you know, I, I want to talk. Yes, it, wow for me too, exactly. So, and th- this, it seemed, Larry, this E3 had a different feel because. Sony decided, we're out, we're doing our own show. Yep. Nintendo, as they've been doing, I think, for the past several years, relies more on their Nintendo Directs for information toward the gamers and then shows some stuff on the floor. But this really felt like, at least from an outsider standpoint, this was Microsoft's show. E3 this year seemed to me to be all about Microsoft. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you pointed out one of the reasons why, and that, of course, is that there was, you know, Sony decided to take a different approach this year. Nintendo kind of, they're always, they're always kind of, they, they do their own thing, which is great. Right. They, they, they got a great fan base. And we, we have made a commitment to the industry that, hey, we want to put on a big show and have a moment, a moment to stand up on the, one of the world's largest stages and talk about this industry, what we're doing to, to help the industry, what we're doing to change the industry, and, of course, ultimately what games we've got coming for Xbox. Larry, you know, this year specifically at E3, was there anything that, that, you know, I hate to say, you know, what's your favorite, but is there anything that you walked away with going, you know, I can't believe that this or this project finally came to fruition? No, there's, there's so many because we're, you know, I have to remember a lot of the things that we announce are year, months slash years yeah. in, the, in development. So, you know, we talked a little bit about Project Scarlet, which is our next console that'll come out. Uh, we'll have more details about in the future. Uh, we also had hands-on for Project XCloud, which is our game streaming service that we're going to be um, we're going to be launching. So, being able to talk openly about those, one of my favorites, of course, is the Elite Series Two controller, one of our brand new controller. I've been testing that for quite some time. So, finally, being able to go, oh yes, it exists, and here's what <laughs> it is. So that that actually is a huge weight off the shoulder. In addition to all the great titles and games that we've got coming, it's like being able to talk about a movie after it's released. You know, right. uh, Mitchell and I were talking off the air before, and, and you know, when we spoke last, um, Play Anywhere was just announced, and I was so excited because I was able to finally kind of leave my son in the basement, let him do anything, and I could play my Xbox anywhere <laughs> I wanted on my Surface. Yeah. You know, yeah. and and at that point, I had asked you the question. Uh, I kind of coyly asked you the question if we'd ever see that appear anywhere else, and you called me out on it, and you said. <laughs> you mean like on your iPad or your iPhone? Yeah. And we kind of laughed about it. But uh, fast forward two years, and, and we're finally going to be able to really experience gaming like we never have before. And this is not only a shift on, on, on your side of things, but this is a whole shift in the industry. Yeah, there, there really is. There's two things that are happening. Of course, we've been out. This is now we're working on our second year of Xbox Game Pass, which is, for those of you that don't know, is a subscription service where you pay a monthly fee and you get access to a catalog of well over 100 games. So people like to think of, oh, Netflix for gaming. Right. So we've got that. That's one side of it. And the other side of it is this Project X Cloud, where you can play your games wherever you want, however you want. So you're going to play console-quality games. I'm not talking about games that are designed for a small screen, but these are games that are designed for your, you know, your 70 or 80-inch TV at home and how you can have them now in your pocket or in your briefcase to be able to 
pull it out and play them wherever you are and work on your new character or work on a puzzle or something along that. So that's, that is very much a, a huge change. You know, we talk about change, and Mark, Mark sort of mentioned an industry-wide change. There's something really special, and I'm not saying this as, you know, an XL, although, you know, Xbox is our console of choice for our home gaming, but there's been a paradigm shift in the industry. And I think when you look at Microsoft, and particularly the Xbox division, it seems that the Xbox division is really pushing the, not just, not just Microsoft and Xbox forward, it's pushing the industry forward. And I think that kind of starts at the top. When you look at Phil Spencer, I, I was making the analogy with Mark off the air. That's, I, I've never seen the head of a division, uh, a, you know, a big executive come forward and congratulate another company when they do something well. Yeah. You know, if Phil, if Phil comes out and tweets when a, great, when a great Sony game comes out, hey, congratulations, man, great game, I'm playing it, I love it. You don't really see that with other companies, with other heads of divisions. Microsoft is looking at the big picture, pushing the whole industry forward and taking everyone with them. And I think that's very unique in this day and age. You've never seen another company really do that. And I think Xbox should be applauded for that. Yeah, I mean, Phil is, I mean, I was just chatting with Phil yesterday in his office, and he's a, an incredible leader, and the work he's done, the, the tone that he's set in, in Microsoft and in Xbox, and frankly, across, he's tried to set across the industry, is something we're very proud of. And look, we want as many people to play games wherever they are, however they are, whoever they are. You know, right. since, we, since we talked last time, we shipped one of our most important products, and that is the Xbox Adaptive Controller, which allows people to play video games uh, some people, it gives them access that they perhaps, because of uh, unfortunate incident, they don't have full use of all their limbs. They can now, uh, you know, create a, a, a play style that works for them. So it's really, uh, it's really something that 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 Phil and his team do great work with. No, and it's great, and I, I think it really shows. It's it's one of those things. It's kind of like when you're watching a sporting event, you're watching a movie, and you look at an actor and an athlete and say, oh, I, I know this guy. I think this is a good guy, even though, of course, we don't know the people directly. But when I watch Phil Spencer talk, when I watch him, when I see the expression on his face, his demeanor, when he talks about games, as a gamer himself, they're really he just comes off like a nice guy that genuinely cares. He genuinely cares about the industry. He wants to see games continue to move forward. And as you said, being able to play your Xbox games anywhere is... Is a huge thing. It's something I want. You know, I, I want to play. You know, it's nice that I can play Diablo on my Switch when I'm walking around. But sure. I want my Xbox Diablo, the place where I really play my Diablo. I want to be able to take that with me everywhere as a gamer, especially as an older gamer like myself. I'm seeing things that I only dreamed to be possible as a kid, and it's super exciting. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, you know, again, being able to take these console quality games with you wherever you are and play with them on any device you want. You know, you should be able to play on whatever phone or tablet that you have uh, is really going to hopefully change the game. Where, where does this leave the traditional console? I know we have Project Scarlet coming down the road, and I know that, you know, limited, limited details are there, but do you think that these two are going to coexist forever, or are we ever going to get to a point where that just shifts away? Well, you know, who knows with the industry in terms of the you know twenty years in the future? Yeah. But I can tell you that Phil has and he stood up on stage and talked about this. If you look, this is an important part of what we do is having a console. It is if you want a very high def, great experience. It's like it's like streaming a movie off of Netflix versus buying the Blu-ray. Yeah. Right. Right. They're, they're sure, the same thing. But you know, for the purists, you want to have that type of experience, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was a perfect, perfect example. As I sit here and I look at my pile of Blu-rays, going, uh, "Yeah, this is why I bought this in the stream off Netflix." Uh, uh, uh. It's it's absolutely it's it's the console is pivotal is is 
is center to a lot of what we do, and we want to make sure that people have the experience that they want to have. Yeah, and and I think I think you're right. I think there's a scenario that I see in the future where these two different ways of gaming will continue to coexist. Because I got to tell you, I mean, you know, even when you know I started building my digital library when I was you know wanted to get movies, whether I watched on my Xbox or my Apple TV, I was I was buying movies when they came out. But there are certain movies that I just wanted to have the physical disc for. There are right. certain experiences that I just want the physical console for. I don't want to be dependent upon my upon my connection all the time. If I'm somewhere, God forbid, that even though in this world everyone is always connected, but if we're in a space where I'm not, I just like the security of knowing that I can. I have the physical media, and I have the digital media, and I think really in the future, there's going to be room for both. Mitchell, Larry, hang on for a couple seconds. We've got to take a quick break. We're going to come back more with Major Nelson on Your Tech Report after this. Your Tech Report will be right back. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. Welcome back to Your Tech Report. I am Marco Flalo, joined by Mitchell Whitfield, and we are so happy to be joined by Major Nelson himself, Sir Larry Herb from Microsoft and the Xbox team. If you aren't following along with us, follow along on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. It is at Your Tech Report. Mitchell, we are so thrilled to be joined again by Larry. Oh, we're so thrilled to have him to talk not just Xbox, but as he's always willing to do, talk about big picture, talk about the industry. Um, Let's talk about the new Elite controller because we have not had hands-on time with it. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of our YouTube videos, Larry, but uh, I am in particular probably in need of an intervention in terms of my love for controllers. You're past that point. You're past that point. Yeah, thank you, Mark, for supporting me in that way. So yeah, I'm past the intervention point. Needless to say, I'm a huge Xbox controller fan. It's always been my controller of choice because of just the way it feels in your hands, but and also the way that it performs. Now, this one, this new Elite, it's going to feel even better in your hands, and it's going to be performing even better. Am I right? You're absolutely right. I mean, I've been personally using this for quite some time, and I've been giving feedback to engineering. So as and a lot as a lot of really hardcore gamers are in 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 Microsoft. So this is a great uh, an evolution of our incredible award winning. Uh, you know the the Xbox Elite controller, the Series Two, just builds on that success and makes it, frankly, even better. We took all the learnings from the first one and rolled them into the second one. You now have three profiles you can store on board. It has an internal uh, rechargeable battery that just, frankly, goes for days and days. It's unreal. Um, the uh, the it's got a nice little dock that goes in there. It's got USB C. It just checks all the boxes, and we've. We've re-engineered some of the buttons. They feel nice and clicky. If you like the clickiness of the buttons, you're going to get some <laughs> of that. Uh, we now have you can control the tension on the sticks, so you can kind of dial it in exactly how you all like it. This this is going to be a controller that we're really, really proud of. Well, I'm really excited about this for a couple of reasons, because I have, I, I will, I will admit this on the air, I have... I have wandered occasionally and tried a third-party controller on my Xbox. It's true. That's I'm not ashamed to admit it. It's okay. And you come I, back, you know, Mitchell. It's okay. There's good controllers. I mean, there's, there's, there's <laughs> the great thing about um, those third-party controllers is they fill they fill a void and a price point for everyone. Oh, absolutely. But the one thing I did miss was the pure Xbox experience, that pure one-to-one movement, uh, the pure comfort in terms of the buttons. And like you said, the certain tension, which is now more adjustable. And I think, you know, now that professional gaming is not just a thing, but a pretty huge thing, having yeah. something for the professional gamers that gives them the type of the con- type of control that they're used to getting in these third-party controllers, I think you're going to take a lot of those people, a lot of those pro gamers, back into the Xbox controller family, which is really good business. Yeah, we have a, we have a lot of uh, programmers that really enjoy our control, the original one, and I think they're going to like this one even better. 
Oh, you're just a tease. Now, uh, just to remind me, when, when am I going to be able to get my hands on one? That'll be out there later this fall in North America. Oh, boy. Yeah, that really is a tease. I'll have to wait. Larry, what do you guys have uh, planned up uh, for Gamescom? Well, we've got a bunch of stuff. We announced some stuff uh, uh, just shortly ago. We've, we're going to have our show again inside Xbox, and we're going to have... I can't really give you any more details of that because we want to save the news for the show, but we will have uh, a lot of great stuff. Gamescom is, you know, one of the largest shows in Europe. It's one of my favorite shows. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going this year because I have a personal conflict. Oh, no! But, uh, yeah, unfortunately. I, lo- I love Germany, though, but it's it's the team is going over there, and they're going to execute some really great stuff. We have some real good stuff planned. I heard there might be a, a playable version of Minecraft Dungeons. Uh, there may be. There may be. i got to talk to the Minecraft team. I don't know what their plans are. You know, for, I mean, even Mark and myself, we have never been to a Gamescom before. Uh, I, I think it's going to have to become part of our agenda for next year. And for, you know, for our North American audience, who's probably used to E3 being the biggest game show in their world, uh, in terms of, just to put in perspective, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of attendees all at the same time. This is an enormous show and sort of dwarfs E3. I'm sorry to tell our North American friends, it really does dwarf E3. Oh, absolutely. I mean, E3 is a much smaller show relative to Gamescom. Gamescom has dedicated public days, and to your point, there there are moments where there's one to 200,000 people in this facility. It is absolutely <laughs> enormous, and it is... when you when, There's nothing... That will that will really put a fine point on it. That when you're standing there and they open the doors and there's a wall <laughs> of humanity coming at you, it's unreal. <laughs> oh, I, I I can't. I have to experience that. And it's one of those things where you, you kind of you kind of have to deal with the crowds just to get the full experience because that is part of the experience. I want to take you back to something that you just touched on a little bit, and I'm not going to go into detail because I know there's not a lot of detail out there and there's not a lot you can share with us, but there is one portion, one part of the equation that has been shared and that excites me as a gamer, and that has to do with Project Scarlet sure. and its, its solid-state drive. Now, Mark and I have always talked about on the show uh, that when it comes to hardware, and I'm not talking about gaming console, we're talking about, uh, we're talking about mobile devices, we're talking about computers, at a certain point you are going to reach the point of diminishing returns, where that wow factor of, oh, what can we put in here that will blow people away? People care more about it at a certain point. Other experiences like better software to run the hardware, better experiences with the existing hardware without having to tweak it too much, longer battery life, of course, not talking about a console. But when it comes to gaming consoles, the one thing that still gets people, and I think that Scarlet is addressing in a huge way, is is wait, is loading time. And yeah. to this day, even with a, uh, and, uh, you know, I have two... Um, I have two Xbox One X's in my house because I have to. I'm, I'm ashamed. I'm not ashamed to admit. Mm-hmm. And I love the speed of it, but there are some things that still can't be avoided with a traditional platter drive, and that is loading up information. Even when you're not streaming off a disk, even when it's loaded on your hard drive, you're sure. waiting for that hard drive to spin to give you info. I think the biggest leap that we're going to see in the gaming experience has to be the solid-state drive experience, which I don't think people really appreciate how it is, pardon the pun, a game-changer. Yeah, there, you know, you talked about that, and that is something that uh, that is critical. I mean, we've talked about, we haven't given any more details, and I'm not able to share much today, but, you know, we are going to have faster loading games. People people expect that experience. Now, granted, when you're clicking on a icon on your phone and an app opens up in, in a half a second, it's, it's a much smaller, lightweight experience than, let's say, a Red Dead Redemption, right? It's a very good <laughs> right. experience. So we're going to do the best we can. We want to make sure that we can get out of the way 
and get people into the game as quickly as possible. And that's what that's what we want to do. Well, I, I think that's that's something that all gamers want. I think that's something where you look at, and, and I think sometimes people are trying to, and I've seen other companies do this in the past, try to wow you with bells and whistles that don't really have any real real implementation into a system or real real place, but it's something that's a bragging point, but something like this, when we're increasing the speed of how, you, how quickly you can access your games, that's something that everyone can appreciate. So, now it's time to sort of take off your professional hat and put on your gamer hat, and a question I've yeah. always wanted to ask you, Larry, was is it sometimes hard, because I know it's sometimes hard for me in my profession, being a fan of what you do, being a fan of the industry, being a gamer yourself, and by the way, folks, uh, I'm lucky enough to have Major Nelson as one of my Xbox friends. I can see when he's gaming and I'm here to tell you, he is a gamer. He has a huge gaming library. He's always online playing playing games, which I love to see because you're always talking about it. Is it hard sometimes to manage the fan in you with the professional in you trying to balance, okay, I'd love to see this, but oh, I can't talk about this yet, or I wish they would do this, oh, it's exciting, but is it sometimes hard to balance those two sides of you, the gamer and the person that professionally talks about and lives in that world? No, it is. It it can be. I mean, from one side of it is I have to make sure, you know, you're asking me a question, and I'm kind of making sure that the stuff that's in the encrypted part of my brain doesn't come out. Did we release that? So that's one of the, one of the, oh, woe is me moments where I'm like, let me make sure I'm talking about the right thing. Um, <laughs> and also to make sure I set context for stuff that I know that's happening in 12 months, 18 months, 24 months and beyond. So that's, that's hard, but you know, it, it is, it is a blessing what I get to do. And I know every, as I said, every single day I wake up, I'm like, this is, I, I have a lovely time and I get, can't get, wait to get to work. Some of the, the people that I work with are incredibly smart and passionate about what they do and, and just creating great gaming experience. But it is tough sometimes when work is home and home is work and it kind of all blends together because frankly, I don't take time off because I don't. It just doesn't feel like work, so I, I have to force myself to unplug and go away and spend time with my wife and daughter. Does, does your family agree? Like, does your wife and daughter agree with you? Or like, I'm curious. Like, if your daughter's stuck in front of a console, can you can you legitimately say you know you're playing too much video games, or uh, well, is she just training? <laughs> right now, well, she's only she's only two years old, so she's not that. Okay, uh, we're good. <laughs> she's, she's you know re- right now we're doing a lot of reading. Uh, but yeah, it's, my wife is very understanding, and she understands that this is this is a career that I've chosen, and she wants to make me happy professionally. So you know, but I also want to respect the fact that. I'm not going to have a two-year-old daughter all the time, and now is a very special time for us. Yeah, and you know, definitely spend all the time you can with your daughter, especially off the video games, but try to find some kind of excuse for about four or five years from now when she is playing video games and she looks at you and says, but Daddy, you do too. Right. <laughs> it's always, always going to be a challenge is how do you balance the personal and professional. Uh, uh, Larry, I know we are limited on time with you. I know we only have another minute or so, but uh, knowing that you're a gamer, and not again, not asking you to pick your favorite child here uh, in terms of gaming, not your own daughter, uh, what are you playing these days? What games have you been on? What, uh, what, have you been, what have you been enjoying right now on your Xbox? Yeah, I mean, really, I'm still playing a lot of Apex. Um, I was playing a Plague Tale Innocence, which is a great game. Sea of Solitude just came out. Outer Wilds is in Game Pass. Uh, I checked out World of Warships. Uh, of course, I go back to Sea of Thieves and Rage, Void Bastards recently. I mean, the list goes on. If you're a Game Pass subscriber, then you know you, there's no shortage of games to play. 
Oh, no, it, it's fantastic. And I am a subscriber, and I will recommend that people look into this because it is the best way to get so many games in your library for a small monthly fee. And when new first-party titles come out, I think, I believe they do come out instantaneously on Game Pass. Am I correct? But not only are you correct, um, that we also have, uh, for instance, this weekend, I don't know when this is going to air, but we're doing a weekend with Gears of War where we're doing a beta tech test, and people in Game Pass get instant access. So there's all sorts oh. of other benefits as well. Well, I guess, Larry, you, you know where I'm going to be because I will be on there with you. Right. Um, Larry, I know, I know it's been two years. Hopefully, we can do this more frequently. We really appreciate it. I know, especially knowing how busy you are and knowing what a great guy you are. I know you'd be on with us as often as you could if you could, but we appreciate yeah. when you take the time, and we cannot wait to see all the new projects that you can talk about, and uh, we can't wait to have you back on the show again, man. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure. I want to thank all your listeners, and of course, you too, for having me on and giving me so much airtime. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure to chat with you about things we all love, so thanks again. Major Nelson himself. Mr. Larry Herb, thank you so much for being here. Thank you guys for being here. On behalf of Mitchell Whitfield, I am Mark Aflalo. Follow us online. It is at Your Tech Report. And check out YourTechReport.com for this interview and much more. We will speak to you again next week on Your Tech Report. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have faults. He had the same amount of faults as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.